Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Something strange in your neighborhood. Who are you going to call? Ghostbuster! I am afraid no ghosts. Okay, we can keep going, but we will not. Because that's a lot. All right, how's it going, everybody? You're watching slash listening to the Command Zone Podcast. You should probably watch this episode if you're not, if you're listening at home, because it's Halloween-themed. Look at us. I always hope they're not watching. <laughs> we put so much... Josh and I were talking about how we put more effort into this episode dressing the set than we ever do. Yeah, we, we often put a lot of time into the outlines, but uh, we've never put this amount of time into the... Like, episode itself. Yeah, this yeah, was... Yeah. Listen, listen, let's give credit where credit is due. This is Ashlyn. Yes. Who was like, we should do Halloween. I'll dress you guys up and dress the set. And we're like, okay, and this is what we ended up with, which... Yeah. 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 <laughs> so these are Amazon costumes. I look like David Bowie mates, I don't know, Oktoberfest. I look exactly like Kenrith, so I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, five-color Josh over here. Actually, I'm supposed to be Rankle, master of prankles. Uh, so I got kind of close. You if know, Rankle you know, went to Oktoberfest. Yeah. You know how good it is when the face ID on my phone won't even see my face, because it doesn't... <laughs> it's like, sorry, it's like, someone what stole is, your phone. What is on your head over there? Um... So what's today's episode about, Josh? Right, so this is the scariest and spookiest cards in EDH episode. It's that time of year. If you don't know what time of year it is, then, uh, well, maybe you live someplace where they don't celebrate Halloween. Yeah, that's sad. Halloween's a great holiday, and uh, magic in its course and its history has made many pieces of art and many many cards that are both scary and spooky in different ways. So today we're going to be breaking down all of those cards from the great art to the great cards themselves. And if you want to get any of these cards, or if you want to just make a Halloween-themed deck, you should head on over to cardkingdom.com slash commandzone. That's our affiliate link. If you use that link to pre-order your singles or just order your singles, sealed product, sleeves, whatever you need, it's going to get to you fast. Great service. And of course, Card Kingdom. You're sponsoring us and you're helping us out make this show if you do so as well. And you can also support all of our content by supporting our other sponsor, which is Ultra Pro. They make the awesome deck boxes, sleeves, the super scary play mats. Ooh. You've got Yargle, I've got Aminatu. Aminatu is a very creepy looking card. Yeah, for Agreed. sure. Yeah. Uh, Ultra Pro not only has the best products to protect your stuff, but they also like... Their playmats just look better than everybody else's yep. playmats. So Printing if you want better, they've been doing it for longer. Yep, we know because when we've printed playmats in the past, we've uh, we tried another service originally, and then we're like, nope, the Ultra Pro stuff is just looks better. So that's right. Support Ultra Pro, support all of our content. Another way you can support all of our stuff is on Patreon. In fact, we call out one lucky patron every single episode, and this episode is dedicated to Katie, Katie Durbin. Durbin. Katie, Katie, you rock. Yes. Uh, and one more thing before we get into the main topic here. Our Kickstarter is still ongoing. It's mm -hmm. it's probably winding down now. Um, it's probably on the back half. Yeah. We don't, we don't know exactly what day all of our stuff is always going to release. No. But it's it's getting near the end. You know, probably a little under a couple of weeks left. And we've raised a bunch. We really thank everybody. It's already allowed us to start purchasing some stuff like some new computers, which I'm really excited about. But we have a bunch of stretch goals. 
Yeah, and one of the stretch goals is, of course, extra turns. We know you all have been asking for more and more. We've heard your voices. And so that's one of these stretch goals. If we haven't hit it already, if we have, there's probably some new stretch goals past that. A stretch goal is very basic on Kickstarter. Once you hit your goal, the creators, ourselves, can create new goals being like, cool, now if we can reach this amount, we can get X, Y, and Z extra for you all. And one of those is extra turns. So if you're interested in more extra turns or just helping better game nights, make sure you check out the Kickstarter. The link's going to be in the description box below, as well as on our Twitter and pretty much everywhere you can find us online yeah we got some really cool rewards too we got some commemorative coins t-shirts all kinds of stuff so check that out please do the time is running out by the way if you do not donate to this kickstarter you will not be able to get the exclusive rewards attached to it after it's over all right now it's time for our main topic so magic cards can kind of freak you out in a couple of different ways right yep there's the artwork Ugh. Sometimes. Sometimes it can be straight up frightening. Yep. Sometimes it actually is nightmare material or it's yeah. scary enough to parents in the 90s to cl- declare this game an occult game. Yeah, just be like, <laughs> sorry, kids. My kids are not allowed to play that. I had a friend actually who was in our playgroup and their parents were like, nope, you can't play that wow. game anymore. Yeah. Uh, but also cards can be scary, you know, in the game. Mm-hmm. So they can absolutely hit the battlefield and chill you to the core. So we're going to talk about both aspects on this episode, but let's start by talking about the cards that we live in fear of during the game. Yep. So you audio listeners, we'll talk about the art later on. We suggest you head on over to youtube.com slash the command zone podcast to check out the video and to see our sweet costumes. Yeah. For the audio people. Yeah. It probably won't be that great to hear us talk about art later on, but for this first part, you can still listen to the audio. I keep wanting to roll up my sleeves, but I feel like that ruins the costume. Okay. Don't do that. Yeah. You Also, my glasses are starting to fog Fog? a little at the top because it's hot. Okay. We'll get through this. (laughs) It's no problem. All right, so these are the cards we live in fear of our opponents casting. Yeah. Well, the first one, actually, I enjoy casting. Oh, see, I'm always like... If somebody casts this card, I'm I'm done. I'm hosed. Yeah. Like well, you constantly also, throughout the game, I'm just thinking that. Yeah, and you will also direct all of your effort to eliminating that player as soon as possible. Probably in the next game because they're probably done for the current game. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Our first card on the list of scariest cards to hit the table across from you. It is Blood Moon. Two and a red for an enchantment. Non-basic lands are mountains. Woo, what a fun card. Scary. A lot of people will throw at me like, why not back to basics? Why not Armageddon? Those cards are not as bad as Blood Moon. Here's why. I can play a land after those cards come out, and then I'll be able to use that land to get rid of the back back to basics. Or at least Armageddon... uh, At the very least, you get get to still play land. You get to start start over. Blood Moon, the next land I play, if it's a non-basic, is still a freaking mountain, and I still can't use red mana to get rid of the enchantment. So it just turns off my ability to get rid of it later so i absolutely abhor blood moon i hate it yeah and as kenrith over here you're five color you're gonna be playing a lot on basics so so. unless you're mitch who plays a lot of basics in his five colors and it works out for him yeah so maybe i should start playing like that yeah yeah also way cheaper (laughs) i also don't like playing blood moon even though it's very on theme with my brand uh just because it people really don't like seeing this card hit the table there's nothing more frustrating than having mana that you can't use but you have access to yeah it's just like okay colorless i guess the next (laughs) card is very similar to blood moon uh it's contamination it's two and a black for an enchantment and it says at the beginning of your upkeep sacrifice contamination unless you sacrifice a creature so it's a little harder to keep it up than Blood Moon, but most decks that play it have no problem yeah. meeting that. And then it says, if a land is tapped for mana, it produces black instead of any other type and amount. Weesh. This is in some ways worse because that includes basic lands. Yeah, and bounce lands get stuck by this too. I, I mean, it's, it is pretty funny, honestly. Contamination in a black deck should be fun because you have creatures to sack. 
but every single person, including your own. So it's it's not, uh, you want to play this in a mono black or a heavy black deck. Yeah. But this really does also turn off other people's decks, just straight up, because it's any land. There's many times in the game where if somebody plays either Contamination or Blood Moon, I'm like, okay, well, I will just lose. Now. I'll just, yeah, hopefully yeah. I'll wait it out and someone will get rid of it. And <laughs> But probably I'll lose. Yeah, probably I'll lose. This next card, though, has made me lose on multiple occasions. Yeah. Every single time I see it, I can't remove it because it doesn't let you. It's kind of like Blood Moon in a way. Yeah, in a it way. It turns off your cards and turns off the cards that would remove the card that's turning off your cards. Yeah, it's Gaddic T, green and the white for a 2-2, legendary Kithkin Advisor. Non-creature spells with converted mana cost 4 or greater can't be cast. Hmm, like board wipes. <laughs> Non-creature spells with X in their mana cost can't be cast. Yeesh. So, basically, you can't do any X spells at all. Nope. Uh, unless it's a creature. Yeah, so right, I right. Guess, I guess Gadwick somehow gets around this. <laughs> Um, oh, um, you can only cast Gabbic for three. Actually, it doesn't. No, 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 no it's, it's not, not a creature. creature. Okay. It's not a creature, yeah. Yeah, but this does get rid of so many different removal spells. Sometimes we put in like a Mystic Confluence in your deck. You're like, sweet, this is the best counter spell ever. It does so much. Command, nope, nope, sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah spell yeah. swindles and yeah, a lot of the big spells expropriate couldn't be cast. You know, all the... Uh, all the game-winning things, really. Yeah, but also just a lot of the board wipes. A lot of times this is a board wipe protector. So somebody yeah. has a big board, they cast Gaddic Teague and go, go, and you're like... Crap, I was planning on Supreme Verdicting, but I cannot cast that spell now. It's funny because a lot of times you play, like I have a discard deck, and it's like, sweet, I got three cards of everyone's hands. Sometimes Gaddick T can just shut down entire hands, and the same with the last two cards we talked about, but that's the scary part, is it affects everyone. Mm -hmm. The next one is, the next card on the list is pretty similar. It turns off large percentages of people's hands and often turns off the cards, their answers, that would kill this card and turn on the rest of their hand. So it's yep. Void Winnower, 9 mana, Eldrazi. It's an 11-9, but it says your opponents can't cast spells with even converted mana costs. And zero is even, just to add insult to injury. <laughs> and it says your opponents can't block with creatures with even converted mana costs, which does come up, but it's really the can't cast spells part. Yeah. It just turns off half of people's hands. And sometimes, randomly, it'll just turn off, like, all five cards somebody has. Like, they just happen to be even. Yeah, someone had Void Winner and Gaddick Teague out in me in the oh, game. And that, oh, that was a feel bad. You I would only cast one and three drops. That's it. Yeah, and They're I, not, you know, yeah. at that point in the game, it's, like, turn 17. Like, no one's <laughs> casting anything that that's, that's that low. That's and it's brutal. like, oh, cool, I cast my Soul Ring. Sweet. At this turn, doesn't actually matter. Yeah, Void Winner, it's a nine-mana spell, but it's one of the most impactful nine-mana spells, I think, I've seen that's not just a straight up like insurrection win. win the game. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to be, I guess, fair at nine mana, Void Winnower is semi fair. Semi fair, yeah. A lot of times it gets cheated in though, off like braids and stuff and that which Yeah. Uh this next card is a Josh Lee Kwai favorite. It's it brings him much joy. His smile, it reaches across the moon when you see it. Blood moon. <laughs> across the blood moon? Yeah, it's Mind Slaver. It's a legendary artifact, and you can pay for and tap it to sacrifice it, and you control target player during that player's next turn. Uh, I don't know if anyone out there has been Emrakuled by the new Emrakul. Um, it's brutal. And that one has some checks and balances, right? You get a turn yep. after they take your turn, and it's a lot harder to con to lock somebody. Yeah. Right? Mind Slaver... It doesn't have the Emrakul clause. You take their turn, and that's their turn. Then they pass the turn, and they don't get another turn like you do with Emrakul. Yeah. And uh, they have to wait three more turns to like get back to their turn, too. Oof, that's brutal. And then, of course, Mindslaver can be recurred, and I think that's the thing about it that's just like... But there's many times in a game where if you thought about it, you're like, if they cast Mindslaver and activate it, I'm just done. Yeah, or like, I've been waiting for this turn the entire game. I just need to get back to here, and then I can win the game. Nah, Mindslaver's going to get in the way of that. Um, another thing about Mind Slaver is the legendary artifact. So that so there are a lot of cards that can just straight up search it out that care about legendary cards. Um, 
the art is also pretty horrific if you've ever seen it. Uh, you wouldn't want this happening to you anytime soon. That's true. It could have gone in our uh, in our scary artwork section. You know what a fun thought experiment is? Is I sometimes I'll look at my hand and go, "What if I was mind slavered and had to play the worst what hand would I possible?" Do? Yeah. yeah, and turns out. <laughs> Boy, you can really make some dumb plays in Magic if you just want to, like, put your hand on the board and just not use it for anything or target your own stuff. I mean, I've taken people's turns or seen them taken where people just cast Necropotence and then draw until you die. Oh, uh, God, that's <laughs> that's so awful. I saw a game the other night where somebody took a turn and then scapeshifted the person and failed to find, so just ar- just Armageddon the one player. Like, Wait, Those effects are just brutal, yeah. That's so brutal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, once you start, I mean, it's fun because you can start also, it kind of gives you an insight into how cards can work. Right. Like you, can, like, you can actually do this for zero if you wanted to. It wouldn't do anything, but it's like, huh. That's actually how I first understood how to like increase your storm count by casting a card for zero, like right. an X spell. Just like I'll, I'll, I'll cast like an XX, like like walking ballista or something. Just cast it for zero, get my storm count up. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, the next two cards on the list are probably the cards. Certainly, the cards Craig has killed me with the most. And yeah, I think you died to one of them really I died recently. To, we we had an EDH night when just the other night, yeah. and I died to this first card twice on the same night. <laughs> One was Craig and one was somebody else, I forget. Well, for Craig, it makes sense. Someone yeah. else, that one a monster. So it's Triumph of the Hordes. It's uh, two green green for a sorcery. Until end of turn, creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and trample and infect. Yeah, the trample... If it didn't give trample, it would probably be fine. Trample feels like overkill. I mean, that's what makes it so brutal. It's it's also a four mana yeah. overwhelm, right? It's four mana, but it has the same effect as Crater Hoof. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, the thing about Triumph of the Hordes is that I do put this in a lot of decks oh, yeah. if I just don't want to play Crater Hoof, if I don't want to get an eight-mana creature out. Or you need two of those effects maybe in a deck like yeah, that. So you yeah, want Crater yeah. Hoof and this, right? Right, because Triumph of the Hordes is very good at definitely getting rid of one player and very bad at getting rid of everyone. Crater Hoof usually gets the job done across the entire board. Right. Um, yeah, it's one of those cards I think is also one of the saltiest cards that people have it played against Because you just them. die when you're at 40. <laughs> yeah, no one likes that, right? <laughs> Especially when it's like mana dorks that all of a sudden are just infecting you or like tiny creatures running across the board or an Edric deck where right. they can just like come in for a lot. Um, Tainted Strike is the more singular version of it. It's one black for an instant and you just give target creature plus one plus O oh, and infect. So they don't get trampled, but an unblocked blocker that you can pump up in a Voltron style deck, this can just one shot people. Yeah, if it's at 9 power, it's going to kill people because it's will pump it to 10. It is a card that if you are sort of aware that it's a possibility, there's a lot of games where you're like, if they just have that, I'm dead. Yeah. Now, not everybody plays it, but in Well, general, I'd say people play it because we've talked about it so many yeah. times on the show now, too, which is, I guess, our fault if we die to it. <laughs> there is a sick pleasure in killing a command zone host at the GP with a card that we hyped up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Uh, the next one is similar, but is just more of a monster. It's not like an instant on-the-spot kill. It's Blightsteel Colossus. Uh, 12 mana for an 11-11 with Trample, Infect, and Indestructible. And, of course, if it is put into the graveyard from anywhere, you shuffle it back into your deck. So it also serves as decking protection. As a shuffle, yeah. yeah. I'm not as scared of this one as I am the other two, because a lot of times, even if they cast it, hopefully we'll be able to deal with it by the time it gets back to them. Yeah, people are usually trying to tinker out yeah. or car, a card like this in non-EDH formats. So like, if you're just, tapped out, you're not scared of Blightsteel Colossus, but if you're tapped out, you're scared of Triumph of the Horse and Tainted Strike. Yeah, and Blightsteel does not have haste. Uh, right. It's also a creature, so it's much easier to remove. Like, Triumph of the Horde, are you going to get rid of five creatures that have infect? Because it's applied to all of them. Right. <laughs> um, um, the next one, one of the best lands in the game, it's Gaia's Cradle. You tap to add green for each creature you control. 
Yeah, and the the scary part about this too is that I've seen people like play this single land and there's like six other lands. They have maybe one or two creatures out and I see them tapping everything but the guy's cradle because they just start unloading creatures on the board. And then the guy's cradle comes in like the hammer at the end to add like seven more mana and then they do something huge and explosive. Yeah, definitely a very scary card. As soon as it hits the battlefield, it's possible you lose that turn. Yeah, or it's or the player has one of those turns where they immediately become arch enemy. It's you have to do something about it. So I've you don't really see cards that swing the game so hard so quickly, and guys cradle and like the expropriate s cards do that. This, oh, next, this next card, one, oh. I live in fear of for sure because a lot of times when you're doing something, you have to be like, if they have this card, I might just lose, or definitely my play is maybe horribly bad and completely nullified even yeah so it's teferi's protection two and a white for an instant until your next turn your life total can't change and you have protection from everything <laughs> all permanents you control phase out uh while they're phased out they're treated as though they don't exist they phase in before your untap uh or sorry before you untap during your untap step and then you exile teferi's protection so all your permanents just go away can't be affected you can't be affected in any way and then Right before your turn, everything comes back, so you get your turn cleanly. Yeah, it's funny because it's like, well, your deck and your graveyard stay around, but guess what? You have protection from everything. So they can't target your stuff. They can't. They really can't do anything to you. I don't think a, there is a single more powerful card in Mono White than Teferi's Protection. Maybe Smothering Tithe I would put on that list as possible. But in the moment you cast Teferi's Protection, it's probably the most powerful thing you could do because it's either yeah. going to save you from, like, you know, their board wipe or whatever and just guarantee that you untap yeah. and, you know, maybe win the game. There's so many times where it's like, oh, you go to Cyclonic Rift or whatever and they don't if they have Teferi's Protection, all. you're going to die. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could just cast both that and Smothering Tide if you're you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did do that. Yeah. That cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the one thing I wish Teferi's Protection had just to make it truly, like, impenetrable is Split Second. Oh, because sometimes you can on. cast it and then they can combo off in response. I've, yeah, yeah, I've done that to people and had it done to me. So it's not ironclad. It's still very good, obviously. And it does exile itself, so you can't recast it, grab it back from the graveyard. You know what the scariest part about this card is? What? I have no idea when it's going to get reprinted. Yeah, I that hope is so scary. Soon because I hope so. Uh, at the time they're watching this, we have announced uh, a lot of stuff for next year. So we can hope there's definitely more places next year for them to reprint this than there ever have been. So maybe yeah, in one of those new pre-con type decks for the other sets, or maybe in Commander Legends, this could happen. If you haven't watched our announcement video, by the way. You must. Yeah. Next year's going to be nuts for Next year's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, and of course, check out the Kickstarter as well, because Game Nights, I'm sure, will coincide with Lalo's exciting releases. All right. This next one is one that, I don't know. It's just, I feel like this card shouldn't exist. And anytime somebody is up to nine mana and they have two blue in there, if they cast this card, they're probably going to win. So I'm always like, uh, is it that? Is it here? Has it has it come to that time to expropriate? So it's seven blue blue, nine mantle for a sorcery, and it has a council's dilemma uh, on it, which means that everyone's going to vote at the table. And you start, and everyone votes for two things. Let's say A or B. In this case, it's called time or money. Uh, anytime someone votes for time, you get an extra turn. And anytime someone votes for money, you get to just choose a permanent they control and you gain control of it. So the, the reason this card's really scary, scary is that you get a vote, and yours is the first vote. So you always vote extra turn because you don't need to steal your own thing. Yeah. So now it's blatant thievery plus an extra turn at the least. That's at the, the least, worst yeah. it is. Sometimes it's 
time stretch, which is two extra turns, plus blatant thievery for two other players. Sometimes it's three extra turns if your opponents are playing incorrectly. We say this every time we mention the card. Always, 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 if your opponent casts it, vote for you steal one of my things. Always. Yeah. Always. Even though those things are going to get haste because they're going to get an extra turn anyway, it's better than then giving them three untapped steps in a row. By the time they have nine mana, they're going to win the game with more than one extra turn. It's Listen, you probably lose to they steal your stuff and get one extra turn, but you have at least a sliver of a chance there. You have no chance if they steal yeah. one or two things and get two or more extra turns. Like, if you're the player right after the person that casts Expropriate, you have a better chance because you only have to live through one of those turns. So if you're the Expropriate player, I would also suggest you make sure that on your one extra turn that you should have, minimum, take out the player that's going to try and take you out the first. Uh, the next one is probably the card that has ended the most commander games besides or extended <laughs> that's true actually you see it a lot in defense yeah. it's cyclonic rift we already mentioned it one in a blue for an instant return target non-land permanent you don't control to its owner's hand but you can overload it for six in a blue and you return all non-land permanents you don't control to their owner's hand this is one of the cards that always comes up as far as things people might like banned in the format it's the second highest played card in the entire format according to edh rec after soul ring yeesh Extremely, extremely powerful. I don't think we need to talk about that much. Everybody knows. Yeah. I would say, though, if I saw this Cyclonic Rift coming at me in real life, it, that would also be very scary. Because <laughs> it's got lightning bolts, I'm getting down into the basement when I see that thing. Yeah. yeah it doesn't matter. You're still going to get bounced. All right. The next three are the Praetors. Next uh, four. Next four, right. Um, Jin Gataxius, Vorinclex, Shildred, Elish Norn. Unfortunately, Reds is a bit... <laughs> Yeah, Red's, sorry, as, <laughs> red, as, as Red does. Other cards do what, what Red's one does. Well, let me ask you, um, of the four, mm-hmm. what do you think is the scariest? For me, I think Elish Norn is probably the scariest because it immediately affects the board in a board wipe-esque state. Yeah. Um, whereas all of the other ones, you basically have to have an untapped step. You at least have a chance, a very small moment to do something before they really nail you. Yeah. Right? If you kill Jinja Taxius... On your turn, you don't have to discard your hand. And, you know, they drew some cards, but it wasn't the worst thing ever. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Elish Norn, even if you kill it, it already hit the battlefield, probably did a ton of damage. Probably t- t- yeah. a ton of things. I agree with you. I think Vorinclex is next, actually. Because oh, in really? killing Vorinclex, you have to tap mana. Oh, yeah. So you probably got a little bit hosed in that exchange because that Vorinclex doesn't let uh, people who tap mana untap their mana on the next turn. Jinkataxis is, is terrifying, though, because it has flash. So you flash in during their second main phase, and then they have to go to cleanup and bye-bye hand. Yeah, that's a good point on their end. So step. at least one person gets wrecked by it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I Yeah. I would say that you all of these... You could even still kill it, though. I mean, you'd have a true. chance, right? You'd there. have It'd a be, chance, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the thing about Elish Norn is that... It just it, happens. It happens, and it will kill a lot of things. And all of the arts of these, by the way, are su- sufficiently creepy. Elish Norn gives negative two, negative two to all creatures your opponents control. Right. And Vorinclex basically says whenever your opponent taps a land for mana, that land doesn't untap during its control, it's untap, and... Doubles your mana. You get double mana, too, yeah. So all the good things. All right, the next card is... <laughs> <laughs> it, it can get confusing when you play this card, and that's one of the reasons I fear it, because the arguments <laughs> that are going to occur. It's humility. It's too white-white for an enchantment. All creatures lose all abilities and have base power and toughness 1-1. One, one. 
They they have that. You don't get any Enter the Battlefield effects. I'm sorry. No. You don't get death triggers. It's like Torpor Orb plus yeah. uh, that crazy white enchantment from uh, Overwhelming Splendor. Overwhelming Splendor. Yeah. yeah. Plus everyone gets turned into a frog, basically. Yeah. It's it's, it's bad. It strips all of the abilities. So everyone's just left with an army of one ones. Yeah. It's pretty bad. What are you supposed to do? Just swing into everyone? The token deck's like, sweet. I'm yeah. all about it. That I've seen this played where the token deck was like, okay, play the Beastmaster Ascension, still like attacking <laughs> one. Like, didn't matter to them at all. True. Yeah. There are ways around humility but in general those are cards that just very very scary when they hit the battlefield because there's nothing worse than losing access i mean a lot of these cards i think have the same thing which is you lose access to either play the game or your hand or the cards on your battlefield your cards just don't either work or do the thing they're supposed to yeah yeah um all right we wanted to give shout outs here to this hallowed day Prophet of Crew Fix and Paradox Engine, which definitely would have been on this list if they were still legal. Yeah, there's very, very scary. Um, now, scariest cards that we play all the time. That we actually put in our decks? Aura Shards. I love this card. It is definitely one of the scarier cards to come out on the battlefield. It's one green white for an enchantment. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may tar- destroy target artifact or enchantment. I definitely play that card. I don't play the next three cards. Really? You're I've a bad you, person. I've seen you play Contamination before. No. What? When? feel like i've seen it before no i'm definitely an anti-contamination person somewhere in me is a tr- a, a, a traumatic memory of someone playing contamination i could have sworn it was you all right. probably kessler we need to give some love to red and so this is the scariest red card i play by far oh, i play this in my genre deck yeah i play this in my planeswalker deck it's decree of annihilation so it's right. eight red red for a sorcery and it says exile all artifacts creatures and lands from the battlefield all cards from all graveyards, and all cards from all hands. Yep. So 10 mana, everyone loses everything. everything except, except Planeswalkers. And enchantments. Yep. Um, and you can also cycle it for five red and a red, and when you cycle it, you destroy all the lands. So you so can just cycle it at instant speed in instant Armageddon? Instant speed, blow up everyone's lands? That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I played in Joyra because you suspend a bunch of stuff. You let this come off suspend first, cast it, and then you ca- the, other the other stuff comes stuff, off. Yeah, and it draws yeah. you something. Yeah, Decree yeah. of Annihilation, it costs a ton, and... It's scary, and it's I, people probably are not going to be happy if you play it either. Um, this oh, next yeah, sorry. one, it's old school Joyra, not old the new school. one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we definitely know you played this next one. Yeah, it's Price of Glory. <laughs> Had to throw some red love on here. Two and a red for an enchantment. Whenever a player taps the land for mana, if it's not that player's turn, destroy that land. It just shuts down every blue deck in the world, including your own red deck, if you're not careful. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Old Game Nights. I Don't think forget it was, you have it. That's it was all. the SRAM episode, I believe. It was, was one it? that Wes was on. I think it was. You were yeah, playing, playing uh, Karizev. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I paid the price of glory. <laughs> you did. I paid the Piper, and the Piper was like, ooh, sorry, buddy. It's all over for you. All right. We're going to move on now to our scariest artwork picks. Um, there are some really freaky imagery associated with magic over the years some nightmare fuel some crazy stuff yeah but before we get into that we're gonna take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors all right we are back let's move on now to the spookiest cards i like saying spooky because we say scary so much but spooky is just you know it's like more fun it's spooky but some of these aren't that fun <laughs> They're straight no. up really frightening. Yeah, the first one we've actually just talked about, that's Elish Norn Grand Sandabite. So we're going to be looking at the artwork here. This is by Igor Kiriluk. Kiriluk? Kiriluk. Kiriluk. I have no idea. What is happening? What is that headpiece? It's massive. It reminds me of something like out of Resident Evil or like Pyramid yeah. Head. Yeah. Elish Norn, I don't know if it's a male or female, but their neck must be really strong. Because <laughs> it's just 
pure muscle and yeah, fiber. Yeah, you have to hold up that headpiece, which is maybe oh. the, <laughs> the greatest headpiece in, in Magic, I think, yeah. probably. I don't know how Elishnorn sees anything. Well, shout out to Tappy Toe Claws for doing a great a cosplay of this at GP Vegas. Yep. Um, yeah, there is this art is just, I love it because it's fantastically creepy, too. It has a very elegant feel to it. Like, Elishnorn, her. him herself, is just so... Look at their hands. Hands? Oh, yeah. Looks like just could stab you, easily pull your heart right out. Yeah, or you just like, could you imagine getting to an elevator with Elish Norin? You're like, oh, God, where am I going uh, 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 to stand? Wait, well, true, except for Elish Norin is really skinny. He needs to eat like a steak sandwich or something. Or could be very, very <clears throat> tall as well. Who true. knows? Um, but the headpiece, you're right, you'd be dodging it the whole time. Well, my question is... You is, could hide those. <laughs> like you, Marco. <laughs> so just a mass, see you. Wait, maybe Elish Norin has a massive blind spot. <laughs> How are they going to see? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're actually blind. Also, I need to know if the red on them is like exposed blood or, did, or are they just red? Right. They just like that color as stylishly because they've got like a cape or cloak or something. There. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Many unanswered questions with Elishnorn. Many unanswered Very, questions. Let me tell you, if Elishnorn showed up at the foot of your bed like at night. Oh, come on, man. Don't yeah, do yeah then. <laughs> Maybe that's the test of how scary it is. It's that's like, very scary. Have you ever had those dreams where you uh, wake up and you can't move? Oh yeah, I've heard. I've read about this because they're it's like sleep that, paralysis. Basically, yeah, your body like basically paralyzes you during your sleep, so that if you're like having a dream where you run, you don't run, but yeah. you can wake in, you can wake up, and that's in still that in effect. State. And yeah. what happens is like, for instance, this happened to me once. Thank goodness it was only once. I was in my room. I opened my eyes. I was like, "Why am I feel, I feel so fuzzy?" Because my I wasn't putting any like blood or motion into my arms or my legs or my body. And then I like kind of glance over at the door, and in the door is like a Garrick sized man with an axe just like breathing heavily and just like ready to walk in. I'm getting shivers just thinking about it. So what your brain does yeah. is it puts, you can see everything, but it's in a dream state still. Yeah. And for whatever reason in sleep paralysis, it's like, it's going to be scary. They'd say that's where a lot of like alien abduction and certain uh, oh. stories come from because your brain will put in a figure there and there's a lot of stories of people remembering a figure at their bed uh-huh. and they think it's like related to this sleep paralysis thing because often there's a figure that your brain creates mm. in those moments. And uh, for a lot of people, it's aliens. Yeah. Or they just, it, your brain kind of tries to interpret it later and you're like, well... What was that? What yeah, it looked like a weird skinny thing yeah. or whatever, and then blah, blah, blah. Magic players will have very uh, scary versions of sleep paralysis because of cards like... Elish Norn and this next one. So this next one's interesting. Uh, you have to look at it to really understand what's happening. So Keru Bloodsucker, which is by Daniel Jungren. Jungren. Uh, at first you look at it and you're like, ah, it's just like a vi- a guy with a long tongue. Yeah. And he's kind of like looking off forlornly. Looks like on the edge of a pier, like reaching towards the water or and something. And then the moment raft. you start getting closer, you see that there's a set of teeth underneath the face. And you're like, wait a minute. Why would the teeth be under the chin? of the person and then you realize oh there's oh someone's cut off someone else's face and is wearing it on top of their head yeah not only wearing it but putting it into the spikes that are coming out of its face and just using it as like pins to be like yeah this is a good one i'm gonna put this on my face this time today i am george unlucky soul (laughs) it's like uh yeah it's like from game of thrones the person who could change their face but they're really bad at it yeah they're really bad at it everyone just looks at and go that's definitely not their face (laughs) and this tongue man this tongue is as long as its arms which also are very slender man-esque very long and spindly yeah they got those claw little fingers and then the hair do you see this hair it's like it's like you ever see the ring Yes, it is like the, it's the, oh, the girl in the ring. That, yeah. That's scary. That's that's a very very scary yeah. movie. Okay. Um. So yeah, do not let this thing suck your blood. It will just put your face on its face and pretend to be you. 
The next two are like actually oh god scary. Just, so ugh. this might be the the it's most grotesque. disturbing of all the artwork. Yeah. So it's Brain Maggot, but it's a specific version. It's the promo art done by Dave Kendall. Yeah. And it shows like it's another one that on first look you're like oh it's just kind of like a slug thing, but it's coming out of someone's ear and it's ripping its way out and the slug thing itself looks like it doesn't look like a regular maggot it's like a it looks like some, maggot it looks like something that if you enlarged it by like a hundred times it would just be like a sand crawler worm in the <laughs> desert like it's it's it looks like a full-size monster but in bite-sized form that can go into your ear and it's like also got sutures running up and down its body yeah, for some so reason somebody so like, someone experimented on it you know what I? You know what makes me really creeped out? What? It has these like purple glowing orbs inside? Yeah. And what if those were eggs? Oh, it. Oh, that's why there's a whole bunch more maggots inside that are gonna come out later in your brain, and they're gonna pop, pop, pop. Uh, come on out. Yeah, this one. This one gives me the heebie-jeebies, maybe more than any other one. Yeah, the way that they have the blood oozing out of the ear too, and the ear looks bruised. You see the earrings on the ear, and the <sighs> hair, and the facial hair of the person. Like, there's so much detail in this art. Dave Kendall, you, uh, yeah, yeah. you creep me out. You hey, where, me out where can we get the original magic art for that? <laughs> uh, the next one's very similar. It's Mind Maggots. And again, we see someone's ear with an earring. And this time it's not just one, but it's like seven or eight alien-esque creatures. They look like aliens from aliens. Yeah. The front of their like little faces do. Yeah. And then the rest of them, they're like see-through bodies. They have spines. They're oozing everywhere as well. And this one looks like it's actually like being like, I'm actually, you know what? I'm going back in. Yeah. One of them's <laughs> like, no, I liked it in there. This, yeah. Just cover your ears while you sleep, everybody. That's all I can say. Oh, that by the way, the stuff. whole like myth of a spider walking into your mouth once a year when you sleep, that's just totally that's not true. Yeah. But, but. Oh, man. Wait, why, well, why did you say but? So, my girlfriend, I think I've talked about, is a medical provider. Uh-huh. She has pulled things like cockroaches out of people's ears why? that crawl in there when they sleep. So, that does happen. I'm sorry. You know what I've seen a lot of recently in what? LA? Cockroaches. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's that time of year. So, oh. just cover your ears while you sleep is what I'm saying. A horrific story. When I was a really little kid, I was playing on the playground and uh, I heard a bee and I was like, oh, don't move. The bee's here. It landed on my ear and it crawled into my ear. Did it sting you in there? No, because I was just frozen in fear. And I could feel the buzzing throughout my entire body because it was just shaking. Its wings were like, what the heck is this? Uh, This is not a honeycomb (laughs) or whatever it was looking for. This is not a flower. This ain't the black lotus. It eventually crawled back out. I think it had to back out. You could hear a little beep, beep. Beep, oh, as it came out and it Lord. just flew away and I was just like oh gosh if I had like done anything smacked it could you yeah. imagine getting like an eardrum pierced by a freaking bee sting okay let's move on to stuff that's less horrific like a person getting stabbed with big things while their brain is open to just the, a literal yeah. brain hole it's amnesia um this one's by um oh sorry mind maggots is Ron Spencer yes amnesia, amnesia is Mark Poole yeah the, classic magic artist yeah. this is a really really old piece of art um you know what the scariest part about this card is it's a rare this card doesn't need to be a rare. <laughs> Maybe it means you see less of it. Yeah, it's very scary. It's not like that great of a card. Although I've seen some people play it in EDH, which is yeah. you know, weird. Uh, yeah, it's a person sort of being experimented on. It's like you went to a really bad acupuncturist. <laughs> Instead of putting the needle in you, they're like, what if I put it through and they just threaded it through the other side? It's somebody who learned how to acupuncture like on YouTube. I mean, the weirdest part is the fact that this guy has an open hole in his in brain. Head, yeah. You can see through it, which makes it even more grotesque. You see like viscera dropping from the top of the brain and you see parts of the brain oozing out of the front of his head. Yeah, and he's drooling. Yeah. 
Yeah, he, somebody needs to give him a napkin. He also looks like Doc from Back to the Future a little bit because his hair is all frizzy out. Great Scott! Great Scott! Marty! Marty. Yeah, it's it's him or Rick. Um, I don't like this acupuncture! <laughs> okay, oh, oh, you gotta tell me about this next one. So you put on the list, and here's the thing. I was looking up all the cards because, uh-huh. you know, I didn't know all the ones you put on the list. And I, I brought up the name of this card. You couldn't find it. And it brought up a bunch of different arts, and I was like... Which one of these is spooky? So it's reverse damage. It's the old, old version yeah, the by Damien, Damien Willick. Damien Willick or Willich. So um, you got to explain to me what's scary about this. Everything is it. scary about it. this. Look at, okay, you've seen like pseudo-realistic drawings before, right? Yeah. Maybe this is the rare. That's what the scary part is. This, this, this crap is a rare. rare. Yeah. Um, it, for some part of me, there's something called the... Um, it's the realm between real and fake. Okay. The, uh, I forget the name of it already. Um, but basically when someone tries to like make a fake robot, right. it's like uh, uncanny valley. Okay. And that to me is a terrifying thing because it's like someone trying to imitate life and they're getting almost all the way there, but there's very clearly lifeless parts of it that just to me, like there's a demon in there. There's a ghost in there. So this lady. This lady, for whatever reason, <laughs> someone upped the contrast on the art. Someone gave her the most horrific cheekbones I've ever seen. And the way she's looking, she just feels to me like something that is fake, but is trying to be real. And I'm sure, okay, no insult to Damien, uh, Damien Willock. I'm sure he was trying to paint a real lady here. But the way it came out and the way it looks is just, that's terrifying. Josh, you don't think that's a scary looking person? Let's read what the card does. Maybe that'll give us a, a little bit of a, a clue to the intentions here. It's one white white for an instant. The next time a source of your choice would deal damage to you this turn, prevent that damage. You gain life equal to the damage prevented. Okay, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, Isn't in it any scary way. that the art has nothing to do with the card, Josh? <laughs> There's Isn't like a lightning bolt coming in behind her, so maybe she's. What is she reflecting it with her hair? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. You know what the scary part is? Maybe <laughs> underneath this, there's like a very regular art that's just like an explosion of light. Like, haha, you deflected it. And then this person just creeped up when this picture was taken. And then, <laughs> they're and they're, photobombing. Yeah, they photobombed the art. And it's like, I'm here now. And that's terrifying. <laughs> the first time I saw this art, I gasped. I was like, what? That can't be magic art. That's terrifying. That is just. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> All right, I'm scared of that card. Okay. This next one is conventionally a lot more scary. Yeah. It's, it's Macabre Waltz. Uh, this is the Dissension version that's by Jim Murray. A lot of people refer to this art when they talk about it's just Scarier grotesque, card. disgusting. It's like these two beings, like people dancing in like a well of blood. Not just dancing. It could I- be ketchup though, in which yeah. case, or, oh, you know what it is? What? Uh, now I understand this. It's Sriracha. Oh. I would be dancing like that too. But they look like they're You're in, in a pain. well of sriracha. This person's hand no, is... No, they're doing the tango. Oh, man. Well, they're very flexible in that yeah. case. And this guy's legs, he needs... To, he's been skipping leg day hard at yeah. the gym. Well, sriracha's not actually very nutritious. You know what the scariest part. part about this is then? So the the his dance partner is reaching around his skull and yeah. grabbing and opening his eye, which that means sriracha's really going straight sting. in the yeah. eyeball. That would sting. That would sting. I ain't gonna lie. That's why he's opening his mouth. He's like, ow, my eyes. But, then he's, ta- my but eye. he's tasting it too. He's like, oh, but this is nice. This is offsetting it. <laughs> Question, why, why do they have these strange ties wrapped around them uh, i guess it's just like pseudo clothing yeah i guess that's what's left because they've been down in the sriracha well for so long for some reason i imagine they drilled down to find pure sriracha though that's what i think they happened. built this well for pure sriracha yeah yeah that well they better begin welling and stop dancing okay i imagine for some reason like batman begins like hopping from wall to wall here <laughs> like in the dark knight rises um uh this next card okay is, i think this is legitimately the this might be scariest, one of the scariest the yeah. creepiest one because when you start to look at the art and you break it down it gets worse and worse okay it's so a, it's <laughs> Yeah, it's ad nauseum. 
It's by Jeremy Jarvis. So if you look, what does ad nauseum mean? It means repeating the same thing over and over, right? Yes, yeah. So if you look, there's a figure. They're on their knees. They look scary. We'll get into that in a second. But look around them. They're drawing the same symbol over and over and over and over again. And they've got piles and piles of paper with the same symbol drawn on it. And then you look at their hands. They don't have any. So my assumption is they drew the symbol for so long that they wore their hands down to nothing, but then they affixed some weird contraption to their hands so they could keep with, it's just like a paintbrush on a wire so they could keep painting the symbol. So what I think those actually are, are the 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 bones in the person's arm after it's been worn yeah. down. And so they chiseled the bone into a paintbrush and that's what they're still using to paint. But they're still like, I got to draw the symbol, I got to draw the symbol. And then yeah. look, they have a device that's keeping their eyes open so they don't have to sleep Oh, I didn't or even stop. realize that. So they can keep drawing the symbol, I got to keep drawing the symbol, I got to keep drawing the symbol. And, and they're, they bent over so much that the back skin has started to peel away you don't even see muscle around the lower ribs at least his feet are fine yeah (laughs) inexplicably and he looks like he has some like cool like pant armor too for some reason but this is a person who's been doing this for so long that they've just completely ruined themselves and they're still going yeah just look at this face i wonder Uh, what that symbol means ad nauseum i guess (laughs) um he's also missing one tooth yeah, well, you know, not a lot of time to eat sugar Jeez, there's while you're even, doing that. There's even, like, parts of his mouth. Maybe his mouth is being held open by something because it looks like even uh, his cheek tissue is starting to tear away at the seams. Yeah, this one's freaky. This, this one tells a whole story, and I don't like it. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a good point. Okay. All right, this next one's a bit uh, different because it's actually two cards in one. So you have to meld Bruna the Fading Light together with... Uh, what's the other one called? Uh, Bruna and... It's oh Grisella. Giselle, Giselle, yeah, yeah, and it makes Brazella voice of nightmares. Um, so this thing is fantastically creepy because it's basically what would happen if you took two angels, made them Eldrazi, and then melded them together, and their inner organs and stuff would intertwine with each other. Their sinews would collapse into itself, and then the wings would sprout demon wings, and then they grow like a bunch of extra hands for some reason. Technically, and then, hands, and then they have two heads that are like split, and their skin is just ripping off of their face. Yeah. It looks like they're covered in these spider webs, like from back there, except yeah. for they're like except it's their sinew. internal organs yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the idea too of just like taking two things and forcing them together, like yeah. What if they don't like each other that much? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, they're like it's like it's just like a I really can guarantee they don't like this much. You know, it'd be funny if there was some sort of sitcom where Brazella just had to live in the same apartment and they're constantly like, "But I want to eat mac and cheese." Yeah, <laughs> not tonight. <laughs> We're not having mac and cheese again. <laughs> All right, this next one is harkens a little to the most recent season of The Handmaid's Tale. It's sensory deprivation. Ugh. So we've got a person who their eyes and their mouth have been sewn shut. Well, their mouth is almost sewn shut. It looks like they can open it a little bit, but... I wouldn't want them to open it any more than they are right now for fear of yeah, tearing apart. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to open their mouth probably to scream. And uh, yeah, if you saw Handmaid's Tale this season, there's a little bit of yeah, the, this going on. The disgustingness is that they really put a lot of detail into how the skin is pulled when you yeah. when you like put something through it like a hook. Like imagine a fish hook in your cheek. Now imagine that on both sides of your eyeball so that you can't open them and then across your entire mouth. And somebody had to sew that. So you just get this idea of like, yeah, yeah somebody stuck Ugh. needles in and did that. And and it's crazy because like some of the needles on the bottom part go through the lip part of the lip and some of them go through the, the skin part. And the person just looks like they're in pain. I mean, that seems like it would hurt. That's also, a- you can't see your talk. Yeah, so that's drawn by Stephen Belladin, and uh, Brazella Voice of Nightmares was Clint Kearley. Oh, yeah. Jeez, we're, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta do better at that. All right, the next one is 
Thought Scour, and it's by David Raposa. And this one is just horrific. So Thought Scour is a card that you basically choose a player to put the top two cards of their library into their graveyard and draw a card. Very often used in modern to mill, as well as just sort of cycle a card out of their hand. Uh, they, they decided that the depiction of this would be someone literally drilling into the brain of someone else uh, in multiple areas. Not just the top, but the sides as well. It's like a machine holding them down, too. It looks like Ugh. Thanos got a hold of them a little bit. You know and there's that, a hand there. Where's the hand coming You know where from? Thanos like gets Nebula? It looks like a room like that. Oh, yeah. And like tied them down and then start drilling into multiple planes. I mean, in Magic they sort of represent your library as your knowledge. Mm -hmm. So that's like what's in your brain. And so a lot of times the depictions of milling is, you know, get getting inside your get brain. Inside somehow. the brain, yeah. yeah. Either pull a memory out like Jace does, or in this case, literally drill it out. And the detail, again, is so gruesome because you can see scars all around this person's head. Yeah, this is they've clearly been through this pr procedure a few times. I don't know what they think they're going to find inside that person's head anymore. Yeah, I don't even know if this person is really that scared of it anymore either if he's done it so many times. I think it just hurts. <laughs> Yeah, they're screaming. just like, not again. Yeah, uh, There's uh, nothing left. <laughs> Yarr. Well, let's read the, uh, we should probably read some of the flavor texts. This is by Stitcher Giralf. As you inject the viscous vitae into the brainstem, don't let the spastic moaning bother you. It will soon become music to your ears. Oh, so it's, the person doesn't like it. Okay, they're, they're moaning. Nah, yeah. there's, there's nothing. Let's not read flavor that. text anymore. Yeah. Oh, we're going back to read. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah because I want to, uh, uh, you know. So we're going to read the flavor text from sensory deprivation now. They call it Stitcher's Anesthesia, a spell to deaden the senses while the mad doctors begin their grisly work. There's something very scary about a, an authority figure, and you see this all the time in movies as well, uh, like a doctor, a police officer, someone that you consider to be in general safe or for your good, not doing that. Well, using their in their power, because they have a certain amount of power and authority in for evil, right? Yeah, so it's like sort of <clears throat> taking someone's expectation and flipping it on their head, which could be a good Halloween costume idea. Okay, so for the longest time, I just thought that this was just like a, a scary creature. I yeah. didn't really think about the name or really look at the art, but then it makes sense, obviously, once you do. But I thought that it was just like a troll or something that looks like this. <laughs> nope. So it's uh, Squelching Leeches. It's by Svetlin Velenov. And it is a person in like a bog or a swamp. And trying to like, get out. They're trying to like, yeah, but they're kind of falling. And they have like a million leeches over their upper torso. Yeah. And their face is just covered with them. Yeah, the only real part of their body you can see is sort of their arm and their hand. But yeah, tons of, of leeches. They look like they're in motion as well. Some of them are like in the water crawling up. And they're all presumably sucking the blood out of this because squelching leeches power and toughness are each equal to the number of swamps you control. So it's like the more swamps you have, the more leeches you got. Mm, I don't want any leeches. Well, did you know that leeches are sacred to followers of Farika for drawing poison from a wound, but feared by everyone else for drawing blood from the flesh? Okay, yep, mm-hmm. I'll just keep yeah. the poison. Thank you. Yeah, I'm down. I'm, good. I'm down to just die. Um, okay, the last card we have on the spookiest cards. It's an honorable mention because it comes from Throne of Eldraine, and it's literally called Turn Into a Pumpkin by Vincent Prose. Um, Not terribly scary, I suppose, because you just sort of see these knights getting turned into pumpkins. And there's but no, I don't want that to happen to me. Yeah, there's so no gore, spooky. but you see like a procession of three knights just slowly falling and pumpkining. Oh, yeah, you can see, like, one's fully turned into pumpkins. One is almost all pumpkins, but still a little bit human. And the one in the back is just starting to feel the effect, like, yeah. grabbing their head, like, hey, I don't feel so good. Well, why is it not turned into pumpkins? Because, look, this this knight in the front became many pumpkins. He's even holding one pumpkin in his hand. It's interesting because I thought turned into a pumpkin would be related to the Cinderella story. 
Mm, yeah, but right. this is not. This is well. They do have her carriage yeah. in the in in the in the set. Is this this guy's face? Can you kind yeah. of see? His, oh, that's actually kind of grotesque. You can kind of see a guy's face turning into pumpkinized. Pumpkin. Yeah, as he falls to the ground. Um, Makes me want a pumpkin spice latte. That sounds great. Actually, <laughs> we should have had pumpkin spice lattes on set. What are we doing? We built all this here, and we didn't even have a, a PSL yeah, for us. We didn't think about it. We're crazy. Um, also, if you guys have ever seen Video Game High School, there is a knight character in the second season that also similarly like becomes a troll oh, yeah. and then falls out of the body, and it's very similar to turned into a pumpkin. It's season three. Season three. All right. That is going to do it for our spookiest and scariest cards in Commander. To the listeners, Magic is an incredible, horrific, and spooky game. What are your top picks for some of the scariest cards we did not mention? Yeah, so it can be scary art, which of there is plenty, or scary cards to see on the table. And- if you have some like out there picks, like reverse damage that you think are spooky... <laughs> Uh, I would like to see the ones that, you know, not as conventional. And if you think reverse damage is actually scary, yeah, let me know. The card art is terrifying, man. <laughs> I looked at I was like, this is this can't be it. What is this I'm the one? Sc- and I'm you're scared. like, yeah, okay. Imagine if you woke up and that was at the foot of your bed. But you didn't see it. You just saw a bright light and then boom, photobombs. <laughs> by the, whatever that person is. Ugh. Okay. Oh, and also, we want to know why you find the card scary if it hits right. the other side of the table. Because it would be cool to see if someone's like Llanowar Elves. I'm like, that can actually be really scary. Yeah. Maybe there's something in the background nobody's ever noticed. So there's like a spider about it. It's like Ooh. a Disney's Haunted Mansion, how you like look at those paintings and then they reveal the back end of the paintings. It's like, the girl was smiling. Actually, no, she's there's a crocodile. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Tightrope. There's a lot more to this yeah. than you realized. Uh, if you want to pick up a bunch of these scary cards, so you, maybe you can scare all of your opponents so that they just concede to you, then you can go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Yeah. <laughs> Use our affiliate link when you're buying all your magic products, singles, anything at all. You know, you're going to buy magic cards anyway. We all do to play this game. And if you just use our affiliate link when you do you're simultaneously getting the cards you want and supporting all of our content game nights extra turns this podcast we really do appreciate everybody that does that and while you're there ultra pro is our other sponsor of the show they have been coming out with products for so many years now and they always keep a really high consistent quality level which is great because you want your cards to be just as protected three years ago as they are right now and three years in the future and if there's one company that's going to guarantee to do that it is ultra pro for instance the Satin Tower box, which is somewhere on set. We'll show the Satin Tower. Yeah, they're amazing. Uh, I've been These using them for... These are also Ultra Pro deck boxes. Oh, nice. Yes. I've been using them forever. Ultra Pro has just been a part of my life for like 17, 18 years now. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, and oh, a lot of yes. those cards are still around because of Ultra Pro. Yeah, good point. And the final thing we're going to plug here is our Kickstarter, which is still ongoing. We are into our stretch goal portion now so if you want to see more episodes of Extra Turns, mm-hmm. you can help us get there. Uh, we also have where we're going to do um if we reach the stretch goal a gag reel of all the outtakes from game nights we've done years and years now of episodes of game nights over 30 episodes and we have a whole bunch of stuff that didn't make it into the cut funny things people flubbing their their uh interview moments and things like that uh and if you want to see some of your favorite magic personalities kind of how they act when uh when they mess something up or when you know I don't know when they crack. It just doesn't make to camera. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then then the gag reel is something that you can help us create. I know a lot of you out there want to just see Prof on the gag reel. Yeah. And it's okay. I do too. So <laughs> if you want to get there, make sure you check out the Kickstarter. The links are below. We're going to tweet out all that stuff. And you can also, of course, if we have hit the stretch goal, there's going to be another exciting one after that. So make sure you check it out. All right. Now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I watched this too. This is oh, cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So I watched, it's just there's only one episode out right now. As yeah. Yeah. Well, when, you've, when you're watching this, there will have been two, but for us, it hasn't come out Maybe. yet. So it's three new new uh, series on HBO. 
It's Watchmen. Yeah. So Watchmen was a movie that originally was a comic book series. Uh, the a movie, graphic novel series. Graphic right? novel series, right. The the movie was done by Zack Snyder. They did a lot of changes to the world, and this Watchmen is more true to the original comic book uh, graphic novel series, but set in a different time. Yeah, I think it's been a little controversial because it is not a take on the graphic novels, which the Watchmen graphic novels, novels are like considered one of the great graphic novels of all times, mm-hmm. uh, up there with like the Sandman series and like yeah, Frank Miller's Dark Knight. <clears throat> yes, exactly. Mouse even is mentioned in yeah. the same you know breath, breath. as uh, Watchmen, so it's highly revered. And Damon Lindelof, who is one of the creators of Lost, did uh, the Leftovers on HBO. Has done a bunch of stuff. Took over this series or, or was given this series as the, as the showrunner for it, I, th- I think. Um, and they took a different tack. They're sort of as if the Watchmen graphic novels happened and they're all canon in their world, but they're telling a story that's not related to stuff that was told yeah. in the graphic novels. It's, it's their own thing. It takes place in 2019 and it's it's just another story or more stories that are happening in that world, or at least that's what we know right now. Yeah, that's what it feels like. I will say that the opening to the show is unlike anything I've really ever seen. It's got a very interesting take on just the world in general, and it felt like this first hour is was just scene after scene. They're just constant world building. Yeah, but it was interesting, too. I thought it was yeah, really Yeah, I good. really liked it. There was some cool action. The acting, of course, is great, and it's HBO, so the production value is through the roof. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to keep watching it. I definitely was... Um, I definitely was into it. Yeah, from a cinematography standpoint, I thought they did a really good job as well. There's a, an interrogation scene, and also the music is done by Trent Reznor yes. and Atticus Ross. Oh, yes. Uh, the music's so good. Yeah, and so... It's Trent Reznor's yeah. a genius, so... Yeah, yeah. He, they did the social network. Um, so he they have this... It's like this cool, like, deep electronic punk... It's super vibey, and they lean vibe. into the music really, hot, really, really hard. Like yeah. they just let the music take over a lot, which I liked. Uh, and the person that is the interrogator also is one of my favorite actors. He was in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? As yep. one of the three band members. So the entire cast is fantastic. Tim Blake Nelson, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. And the the acting is really good too. I don't know where it's gonna go, and that's sort of the part that excites me because it could be one of those shows that I watch a few more episodes. I'm like, eh, whatever. Or I've watched a few more, and I'm like, this is like True Detective season one status. And we're all kind of out there now, looking for that series that can sort of fill the void left by. Game of Game Thrones of and some other stuff. Yeah. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm excited to keep watching it. So if you haven't checked out Watchmen on HBO, uh, so far we recommend it. Yeah, and honestly, it, it, there are a lot of subscription services out there. Obviously, mm-hmm. Verve is one of our favorite ones. Um, HBO is it used to be this thing that you could only get if you had a cable package. Yeah, now you can just get HBO by itself. And yeah, it's totally worth on it. On your phone, yeah. on your computer, yeah. So if you are able to get that kind of, or even like do, I think they have 30-day trials and all that stuff too. So, yeah. yeah, you can check out the show like Watchmen. It's really good. We are not sponsored by HBO, just FYI. Yeah, they yeah, didn't yeah. Put, but They don't hey, care about the, us and our small audience at all. If you watch this podcast, HBO, and you're like, wow, look at those costumes. Look at their production value. <laughs> your cinematography. <laughs> it's amazing. Watchmen. Forget Watchmen. Who are these guys? Let's get Game Nights on HBO. We could do that. Actually, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, we could totally do it. We'll just do a lot of CG. <laughs> <laughs> Put a couple more dragons Yeah, in exactly. No problem. No problem. And uh, have a really bad final season. Uh- <laughs> hey no i don't want to put that juju on us yeah we have the exactly. greatest final season ever exactly it's gonna be fireworks make sure to check out our sister po- i couldn't think of a segue from bad final season to the, the our sister podcast the masters of modern uh it's not their final season and no. it probably won't be for a long time in fact, so modern season is just getting started holy cow also wait pioneer. pioneer so magic wizards just announced a new format called pioneer it's return to ravnica all standard legal sets from Return to Ravnica forward, but they banned the Fetchlands. That's it so far that's banned. They're going to keep an eye on it. But anyway, 
the Masters of Modern guys are just in that world because they know a lot of the old cards and a lot of the old standard um, decks that were strong during their time period are probably going to be good in Pioneer. So they're and talking. They've about, been going for a while too. Yeah. So they're probably going to be talking about that a lot. So if you're interested in Pioneer or Modern, I think uh, the Masters of Modern is a good place to go to find out sort of some cool information or things that people are thinking out there. Um, you can find them on Twitter at the MMCast. You can just type the Masters of Modern into YouTube or your podcast app, and they will pop right up. It's interesting, too, because Pioneer is definitely a lower power format than Modern. And a lot of the times, like our set review shows, and same with their set reviews, is like, this card is almost good enough, but not good enough. Pioneer kind of blows the door open for them because it's like, well, this card may not have been good enough for Modern, but it definitely is for this Pioneer format. I liked uh, Sam Black had a great tweet the other day. He said... Here's what you should be doing right now if you think a card should be banned in Pioneer. Prove it. Prove it. Ooh, I like that. That's what you should be doing as a deck builder in Pioneer right now. Yeah. It's like, if you think a card should be banned, you should be proving it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think if there's going to be a card that's going to be a banned, it's that energy one that popped, that was banned. Aetherworks Marvel. Aetherworks Marvel, yeah. I think that has a high potential. Smuggler's Copter could be on there. Smuggler's I think any, Copter. Anything wow. that was banned has a good chance to be banned, but I think yeah. those two cards are very high because they're colorless. Yeah, I'll also say that if you are a commander player and you've held on to a lot of standard legal cards or cards that were standard legal that were powerful then but have gone down a lot, those cards, keep a hold on to them. They look to be going up soon and then you could trade them into a place like cardkingdom.com and get a great value on stuff Maybe you get some fetch lands that you can play in commander yeah but you can't play in pioneer yeah all right so we have a big team here at the command zone uh and of course because of the kickstarter we're able to expand that and and really provide for the people that help uh, make this whole thing possible so big thanks our editing and graphics team we got craig blanchett ashlyn rose terry robertson josh murphy jake boss sam waldo and of course alfred estaca our esteemed uh package packager and general business doer Alfred's just the catch-all for all the other yeah. stuff at the office. He does a great job of keeping the, the show running. So thanks, Alfred. And thanks, everybody else. And thanks, Ashlyn, for the cool set dressing and the awesome costumes. Well, I would say Ashlyn it, it was trying to make a better rankle costume for me, but time ran short, so we just went with what we had in the closet, and now I look like... Uh, David uh, Wayne's Bowie. World, Garth. Like, David know, Bowie playing rankle. You remind me of the rankle. The ring oh, with the power. Oh, really, Josh? <laughs> oh, I'm David Bowie. There's a great Fly the Concord skit where they all play David Bowie. You should check that out. And, of course, special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who provides the living card animations, that, well, except for this one. This is not a living card animation, but he, he does the ones that start and, and end all of our episodes, and also usually the stuff in the windows, but usually he, the he didn't do the zombies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are actually real zombies. Yeah, actually, we should probably get out of here, because eventually they're going to break that glass, and, yeah. and we're going to be in trouble. Who helping blood over there? That's... You'd think the blood would be on the other side of the window. Yeah. But I guess zombies can't spell, so that had to be a human. Yeah, but they also knew to write it, because they can't write it there, what it looks like helped to them, they knew how to write it in mirror image, so that... Now that I look at it, there's a lot of blood on our side of the glass. We should... We should deal with that, huh? We should maybe get out of here. That seems pretty dangerous. Yeah. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody. And have a happy Halloween. <laughs> Getting out of here. Oh. Peace. Bye. For your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs>